All right. You know what? I think we're live. But I'll tell you what. By the time I got all these knuckleheads on camera and everything, and Josh finally showed up late, uh, why don't we just start the music? With a piece in my hand and bloodshot eyes, I walk to the water for a last goodbye. He begs so much, it clouded my mind. One thing's clear, the man's gotta die. It makes right, so he said, when he held all the keys over our head. I lived in that grip, but now he'll learn at the end with the table's turned. Lord, forgive me and take me oh, down the river where the kids can't find a red-handed sinner. Oh, where the grave can't cry out. Down the river with a hand on a coat and a finger on the trigger. And before dawn, they try to find me. Take me on down. Take me on down. Changing people's lives. I sank that body by the riverbank. Caught a boat sap, took off like a hurricane. With spotlights and dogs in the whole nine yards. I'm breathing down my neck and breathing hard. Two weeks in a wild chase across the highway. Mountains over seven states Found a man at the harbor Said that he could take me Across the ocean somewhere far away Lord, forgive me Take me on Down the river When the kids can't find The red in the center oh, What you know? I don't want to do that with a hand on a coat and a finger on the Coming on the board and planks now, staring down a barrel at bomb blank range. I make for the water, jumping off the ledge, but not before I catch to the chest. Now there's blood and water filling up my lungs, blood and water filling up my lungs. My heart is beating like a fading drum. Lord, forgive me, here I come. And take me.
All right. Thank you, Fall, for bringing us in. Um, listen, 20 minutes. Can anybody tell me how in 20 minutes? I'll be there in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 42 minutes later. He's like a mainer, this guy. Uh, so let me bring in um, the person that right now his fate is being decided by the chat. Just so you know that, Josh. I see. Yeah. Your face. Yeah. Uh, allow I'm, me to say uh, punctuality yeah. is the thief of time. So, you know, this oh. is. Oh, is that what we're going with? Is that what yeah, we're going that's, with? That's, yeah. I mean, sorry. You know, sorry I got a job and I, you know, I'm a little late here. Jobs. Sorry. Listen, man, I'm flustered, okay? YouTube freaking got rid of you know, me for two weeks and Eli on another channel. I was sick last week. I missed a really kick-ass uh, episode you did on Thursday uh, with, uh, I forgot, what's her name, Z? She Van Fleet. Yeah. She Van Fleet. That was awesome. It was a great, great episode. So I, I see my, uh, my future here hangs in the balance, 55% to 45%. So, hey, I'll go with what uh, with the good sage abides by. No. <laughs> Can't fire. You're going to end up moving into, I guess, a producer spot. So let me also bring in the guy who had 1,500 viewers in his live chat. 1,500 viewers. I think that's the most he's had. He was rocking his live chat. And do you think he would mention that he was going to be on my show later with 1,500 subscribers? Of course not. How's it going, Jack? By the way, everybody, I'm going to be on Sage News Live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So be sure and check that out. Whew. It feels good to get that off my chest. <laughs> How's it going? All right. And uh, eventually, I'm going to be ha- allegedly Chris is here, going to be here. So I might have to uh, make a substitute while we while we're here for Chris. He's let banging go- on an anvil somewhere. Yeah, let me go ahead and make a substitute here. Um, so what happened, Josh? Let me get your story out real quick. Tell everybody what's going on. Yeah, it. it- you know, what's new when it comes to YouTube, stifling exactly. conversation, uh, hating on anybody who has an opinion that doesn't uh, vibe with what they say your opinion should be. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we've had a guest on and you, uh, you know, him. I will not say his name, you know, God forbid. Don't say him here. No, no, I, I, I ain't. But uh, so far, our two strikes back to back have been for for those episodes. So. Yeah, we're on a two-week ban. More than likely going to get a three-week strike and see you later, starting from afresh. So that's my way. The minute you came back, they gave you another strike. I mean, the, the minute you came back. The minute we, like, the, the day we were going on, Bug Dude, yes, my AC does work this time. The minute we were going on, they were like, oh, by the way, nope. Just like that. And we got our original strike um, the first one happened in the middle of a live show for an episode that had nothing to do with the live show, but they took away that live episode to be gone, never to see again. Oh, they they booted it. They completely even took it away. Wow. Like, yeah, it wasn't even there to appeal because when you get a strike, you can't live stream. So inadvertently, we were live streaming while the strike happened. So they were like, see ya. And that's wow. gone. That's rough. It sucks, man. But you know, what are you going to do? Well, I told you, get your backup channel. Get a backup channel. All right. So, Jack, you had 1,500 people in your live stream today. What the heck were you talking about that uh, had brought 1,500 people in? I was live streaming Jerome Powell, Uncle Jay Powell's press conference. How'd that go? After the FOMC meeting. Uh, Went about as expected. Big interest rate hike today. Uh, So mortgage is going to get more expensive. Credit card is going to get more expensive. Borrowing anything is going to get more expensive. Yeah, uh, 
I think we're going to talk about that too today. Um, and real quick, uh, MJ, thank you for the five dollars uh, strike bonus. So, <laughs> yeah, bingo. So you're on your way, Josh. You're on your way. Hell yes! Can't so, wait. The other person that um, is, is supposedly is going to be here. Uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get him to get OBS Ninja, so he might just have to be backstage. Um, is going to be Chris from. What channel is he from again? Does anybody remember? I think it's uh, he just changed it to try to just scoop up more f- subscribers. Oh, that's right. Uh, financial prepper, financial prepper up here. So he'll be up there in the corner watching over us, making sure that we do everything right. Um, I'm right here, 300 subscribers above me. We're yeah, been for about a week. I'm coming exactly. for you, Chris. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I- this is also going to be a call-in show. So uh, once I kind of get moving here a little bit, um, I'm going to either drop, you have a couple options. So the first option is I'm going to drop a link and you can click the link. Now you will not come up. You'll be backstage and I'll be able to see you and you can talk, but you won't be on screen. Um, so you don't have to show your camera, but obviously you'll have to make sure that your sound works. So you'll be able to click the link or um, I also have a call-in number if you'd rather actually call in on the phone, um, I can either do Josh's number or I have a Google number also. Um, I just want to say I made it back under, oh, I'm back to 50-50% again. Damn it. Man, that's, it's going back it's and forth be, with that yeah, boat. It's going to be an interesting show. It's probably, your, your life lays in the hands of today's show. So we'll see how the calls go and how many times you have to use the restroom. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to put, uh, basically Jack's going to be in the hot seat. So basically Jack, you're in center stage right now. So I bring everything up. So what happened with the explain this down? So right today they came out and they said, Hey, they raised interest rates 0.75. Okay. Right. Um, and because they say that this is the way to control inflation. So let me kind of, I'm going to jump into this so we can all understand the feds can raise the interest rates, which means what? So when you hear the Fed raises rates, that's the Fed's uh, they call it the Fed funds rate or the overnight rate, the, the shortest term interest rate that there is. The Federal Reserve controls that they set it. And then every other interest rate in America is based off of what that rate is set at. And typically the riskier the debt goes or the longer the duration the debt goes, the more the higher the percentage rate goes. So today they changed the Fed funds rate. They raised it by 75 basis points or 0.75%. Right now they were expecting to raise it by 0.5% right up until Friday when we got an inflation number and everybody in the financial press that were all saying inflation was peaking. We've got peak inflation. You know, it's behind us. The worst is behind us. It's all going to start getting better. And wham, 8.6% inflation on Friday. And that freaked everybody out. And then the Federal Reserve had very little choice. They had to raise by more than they were planning to. And raising interest rates increases the price of money. It restricts the amount of loans that get issued and the amount of credit growth. So it it lowers the supply of money, which on paper, at least, is supposed to reduce inflation. Okay. So hold on one sec because he's not clicking the link. Here comes my problem, child. Oh, nope, not that one. Hang on. Let me call the problem child here. Hang on, Chris. Did you guys see the video of Biden saying to, you got to respect the Fed? Did you see that? He's like, you got to respect the Fed, man. 
What's that? All right, Chris. I, I even sent you a link to click, and you call my home number. How am I going to bring you in on, my, on the home number? All right. I didn't know you sent that. Yes. I didn't know you sent anything. I just walked in the door. No, yeah. Nobody pay, Nobody watches on the air. And nobody pays attention. Um, I'm streaming on Twitch only. Send people my way. Just give me uh, – look, I'm, let me get in my studio. All right. Once you get and in – I didn't uh, – you said call in. You say nothing about video. Oh, listen. This is already so, this is already uh, a cluster because everybody shows up past 7 o'clock. No, nobody leaves. Nobody respects <laughs> me. I get no respect here. It's on – it's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in a minute. Yeah, listen, I got a picture of you. That's probably good enough because we've been asking you questions and we get the same answers with this thing here. So hurry yeah, up. And- he's hyped up, up there in the corner. All right. And then I got Will. I'm wait- Will like, going to stream on Twitch and uh, I might bring him over. If he wants to jump in over here, Will can jump in over here also. All right. But he's going to fire up Twitch and we'll be streaming on Twitch and here. And then Will probably jump in here because he's got access to my stream yard. Ooh. And he can jump in and then I can also grab his cam. He already knows how to do ninja stuff, which is, you know, OBS. <laughs> I know All how right. to do ninja stuff. I went I took karate. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Um, anyways, so here's the thing. I've got a like for me, I've got a um credit line of credit against my home. And so the line of credit is based on what the, the that rate is. Right? So basically what happens is if that rate goes up, I pay, I'm paying more interest for as long as that rate is up correct right now so does that affect car loans does it affect credit cards does it affect like what i mean pretty much everything so not all debts created equal there's there's some debt like a mortgage that's a fixed rate debt right if you've got a yeah. mortgage on your house if you took it out last year your interest rate's probably somewhere between two and a half three and a half percent that's yeah. 30 year fixed rate mortgage that's not going to go up all right, you've right. locked in that interest rate for the next 30 years. Unless you've right. got an adjustable rate mortgage or an ARM, which that's on the rise again, in which case your interest rate can go up over time. Credit cards, that's adjustable rate debt. So they're going to raise the interest rates on your credit cards. All right, so let me ask, so how does this basically affect, I mean, does it immediately? Oh, yeah. Or, it, I mean, how does that kind of affect me? As I'm going through my everyday life today, how would that have affected me right today? So if you go to borrow now, say you want to finance anything, whether it, you know, furniture, you want to go buy a new car, student loan, yeah. all debt has got more expensive after this. So it's all going to go up. So and and um their theory is they think I'm not going to go get a loan. What if I was so if nobody was really looking to get a loan cuz we are already having trouble of inflation and all this other stuff and they raise that then it only affects going to get loans and things like that. So it, it discourages borrowing. I mean, that's really what it does. It's the interest oh, rates is the price of money, right? So if you're looking to borrow, it's really that's. So is this going to work? Is raising this going to work? The problem is it's going to work too well. It's going to work really, really well. Okay. Um, and by by work really well, I mean it's going to cause a massive deflationary market crash. Right. That some some of the too well. No, no. Like in 1929, when the stock mm-hmm. market crashed, when the banks failed, dollars became much, much more valuable because there were so many, so much less of them. When someone defaults on a debt, like if a loan goes bad, money is destroyed. Right. When a loan is made, money is actually created out of thin air. 
So when okay. a bank makes you a loan, money is created. When you borrow money from your credit card, money is created. Now, when loans are paid back, money's destroyed. All right. So raising interest rates causes more loans to be paid back as people are like, oh, my loan's more expensive now. Get rid of it. Plus, there's less loans are created because it's now more expensive to borrow. But the other thing is you've got companies out there that have no business being in business anymore. Right? They should have gone out of business long ago, but they've been able to stay alive by selling bonds, borrowing money, taking out loans, whatever, to keep their workforce working and to keep their business humming along barely. Right. Now they can't just keep rolling over their debt at lower and lower rates. Now, when they roll over their debt, it gets more and more expensive. So those businesses are going to start going belly up. Their loans are going to start failing. That's deflationary. Money is destroyed when loans, when loans default. So, so you have companies that could, were almost maybe just making it now. Their rates now go up. They're not going to be able to. They're done. They're yep. done. And that's the next thing that's coming. And they were talking about that a lot in the press conference today with Powell. They're saying that they expect unemployment's going to go up to 4%. Yeah, freaking right. It's going <laughs> way higher than 4%. Way higher. All right, right, so I, I, I want to make sure I'm understanding this. So let's say I have a small business here because I'm in a I'm in a festival town, summer town, and I've got a small business over here, and I sell things to people who come in vacationing, and, and I've got these loans and and that, that I've taken to buy my goods to bring my goods in. Uh, I was paying four hundred dollars, just just simple numbers. I'm paying five hundred dollars a month or whatever to cover that. It's now going to be six fifty or seven hundred dollars a month for those same loans for that same product that I already bought. So now if I can't afford to pay that $700 a month compared to the four, $500 a month, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I got to say what I, I'm not selling any goods because nobody's buying any goods per se, because people are, let's say, pulling back from spending because they're worried about inflation or they got to buy fuel for their truck. Well, you, if, if you had pricing power, say you're in a, you, you have the market cornered, right? yeah. then you could pay that 700 bucks because you could just turn around and raise your prices. Pass that, pass that expense onto the consumer. Usually how inflation works. The problem is the consumer is not getting a raise. People's wages aren't going up as fast as inflation is going up. And the price of food, the price of gasoline, the price of rent has gone up so fast that the average consumer is spending almost everything he's got just on those basics. There's nothing left. So you right. can't pass that $700 cost onto your customers because he's got no money left after he pays for food, gas, and rent. Right. So if you can't there... do your stuff, you can't raise your prices, what are your options? Shut your business down, lay off your workforce. And real quick before we get going, um, thank you. We have another strike bonus of $4.99. Uh, strike bonus because ScrewTube uh, can bite me. Uh, Q-tip. All right. So, Chris, I'm not turning his camera on because every single time he fires up the camera, I get an exclusive shot and that I don't want to be seeing uh, right now. Uh, all right. So Is there I'm... a reason why um... – or or uh, something uh, companies can benefit from by like essentially people being the last uh, the last lane to get their price increase, you know, like to to earn a little better wage. It seems, you know, we the people are the last one that finally goes up to match everything. Is there a benefit to make us the last one to go up? Is it done on purpose? Is that just kind of how it is that how the shit rolls downhill? So, I mean, if you run a lean operation then yeah, you're going to benefit because you're going to capture market share, right? Your competition who runs a wasteful operation and not very efficient, he's going to go out of business. So if you can survive, you're going to gobble up what's left of his customers. So your business is going to grow. 
The problem is the leanest, most efficient operations are usually the big guys, the Amazons, the targets, right? Mom and pop go out of business. The big box retailers get the, get the market share. All right. Uh, Chris, you can actually turn your camera off because uh, I can't bring you in. Nobody's going to be able to see you. So you're going to be a top secret person. So if you want to say bandwidth, you can actually, you don't have to have, I can turn your camera off. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Thing. We can hear you. Cool. I, that's camera why I've got, your, that's why I got your picture here. Um, because cool. I can't, well, you don't know yeah. how to do ninja. So OBS ninja. So, and that's the shot right there. I don't want to see. I see it every single time you turn the camera off. <laughs> Either way. All right. So this is the problem that we're going to be facing is not only are we going to have people that um, and it's going to go up again. I mean, when we listen to him, he's he, it, it's almost guaranteed it's going to go up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he even said it today. He's probably going to either 50 basis points, 75 or 100 next time. They're going to keep raising rates. Inflation is still going up. Right. Not only have they not brought it down, it's still going up. And even after inflation starts coming down, remember, any positive CPI number, even a lower number, still means prices are going up. Right. So even if next month inflation comes in at 7%, it doesn't mean anything got any cheaper. It just means it got more expensive slower. CPI is consumer price index? Consumer price index, yep. It's this big, giant statistic. It's made up of everything from bread and eggs yeah. to gasoline to rent. Wait, wait a minute. I thought energy was not in there. That's core inflation. When they, when they say core CPI, they strip out food and energy. But the headline CPI number does have energy and food in it. I, I read an article yesterday that really pinpointed the cause of the inflation and this recession we're going is in. Uh, it's because people, uh, they look at the, uh, the economy uh, in a grumpy way. That's why they're just grumpy. And that's why the economy's down. Can you believe that? We've, that's we CNN lecturing us on our negativity. Yeah. So we should be grateful. Be, be happier. Yeah. That's a, well, the, that gas you know, pump is extremely grumpy because I got to fill up a truck and about five gas cans to mow my lawn. So I got to take out a small loan. Um, <laughs> now the rates are higher, so I can't even take out a small loan to get gas. Cost me a hundred bucks to get to work. Cost you how much? One hundred dollars. It's two hundred miles round trip. One hundred dollars a day. Yep. To get to work. I would... now, if you include the gas, my my fuel in the welding machine, it's probably it might be a little bit more. You don't even want to know what I have to do to get to work every day. Whew. boy, oh boy, the stories I could tell you. You don't, you don't go to work, right? <laughs> I like how it just brought everything. You don't to work. <laughs> where, where are you working? Actually, aren't you carpooling? I, I'm. If you're talking to me, yeah, I'm working. Uh, I carpool <laughs> down to Miami, and I, I sell my services. Yeah. Actually, you, you watch paint dry at this point, right? Pretty much. That where you're I'm, at now. I'm great at it. That's one of my services. I can just kind of take up time and just kind of sit there and do. I'm fantastic at it. All right, so let's do this. So now that we kind of understand what happened with the feds today and why it kind of, you know, everybody was freaking out uh, in regards to that, I'm going to pull up. Let me activate my uh, screen here. Boop. All right, let me pull this up. Uh, Josh, I'm going to probably have to lower you down there because, uh, Don, you go your top secret. I feel right. like the guy so, from Home Improvement. 
I uh, sent this to you, Jack, and you kind of have the uh, the spreadsheet. Would you rather just me pull up the spreadsheet, or do you want to look at the website and kind of break it down? Whatever you prefer. I can look All at right. either one. Let me do this real quick. So I pulled this up when I was kind of searching in regards to uh, what was going on with, you know, the inflation and where we stood as a country and everything that's going on. So you actually looked into these guys and who are the, who is the OECD? The OECD is the organization for economic cooperation and development. It's this uh, little gaggle of countries that, all want to cooperate for the greater good. It's, it's, and it, it just sounds like such a wonderful, harmonious idea on paper. And as always, the details are always, well, the devil's always in the details. Execution becomes a problem because they want to, they want to run everything like one big global business with them in charge. That's who the OECD is. They're, they're like this little like wannabe World Economic Forum. All right. Let me do this real quick. I have an OECD TV. Do you? Why did you fire Josh? Because uh, he's Should always. I fire Josh. He is never on <laughs> time. With TV. Ever on time. Yeah. Does, it, does he show up though? When he gets there, does he do a bunch of work? Uh, yeah, he does. He does. But I, I, I don't pay him. But he does. He's it absolutely does a ton of work. Actually, I'm never do. on time. I'm never on time. But I do twice the work of many. So. Well, I like to <laughs> just to put in perspective who these OECD guys are. All right, their their signature policy that this organization has been pulling from, and this is all governments. This isn't made up of businesses. It's all world governments. They're pushing for a global minimum tax. That's what they want. That's the big project at OECD. They want every single country in this group, and you see all these countries on the spreadsheet here. There's a lot of them. They all want to agree agree to a minimum income tax for everybody in their country. Why? Because when one country raises its taxes, its people leave and they go live somewhere where there's lower taxes or their businesses leave and go somewhere where there's lower taxes. So this OECD group, they want to raise everybody's taxes and give them nowhere to go. All right. That's the thing. They want to trap everybody behind this curtain of higher taxes globally to give their governments more power to seize wealth from their people and pay off their benefactors and God knows what start wars, get us all killed. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Yep. They're changing the- people's lives, Sage. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're changing people's lives. All right. <laughs> they basically, oh, what they did was G uh, GDP projections. So their base GDP projections is gross. Gross the- domestic product. product. Most domestic product. And the projections are what they feel the future is going to be. Correct. So they're basically saying that we are going to in 2022, we don't look good down here. And I I mean, uh, all right, there's my zoom button right here. So let's go 200 here. And so right now they're saying in 2021, we're 5.7 and then we're 2.5 and then we're 1.2. Now that's right. I'm going to, I'm going to put this, I'm going to make this chart real easy to understand. All right. Every positive number in this chart is BS. How's that? The whole chart. It's all fake. It's all fake. So they're, they're, they're saying they're, GDP growth this year. Are you kidding me? GDP growth. They're saying there's going to be more goods and services, more economic activity in 2022 than there was last year. No chance. Hmm. No way. Hell, everything's great. 
Biden oh, yeah. and his uh, uh um what's her face uh, Jean Pierre been coming on letting us know we are in such a great position to tackle inflation and we're doing oh, yeah. man everybody you know they've been saving so much more and they got less debt now man everything's fine right so this is kind of where Biden's getting his stuff from obviously right this is where he's getting it from now they probably tell you that these numbers are corrected for inflation oh but the problem is they're corrected for inflation using the bogus government numbers right we talked about cpi before the consumer price index well that came out at 8.6 percent that's the official government inflation number but if you look at what everything how much prices have actually gone up it's actually closer to 18 or 19 percent all right, so right. let me make sure everybody understands that. So right now, I'm going to round up. Is 20 a good number? Can I just say 20? Sure. Make 20. Say 20. Please say 20. All right, so 20 right now is the number. So right now, a dollar is worth 80 cents. Because you take that 20 and take it off the dollar, and you can say your your dollar. Is, is that correct? A, a yeah. 20, so if you, $22. If you get $100,000 in the bank, it's worth $80,000. That's an easy way to understand it. I thought a dollar would be married. You you can buy $80,000 worth of 2021 stuff with it. Let's put it that way. Right? Can like I say, Biden in no way got his information from this chart. Someone took a baby blue crayon and they wrote a number on a white piece of paper and they said, huh. here you go, Mr. President. He was like, there it is. We're looking good, man. So simple oh. computer paper. Well, the Mr. problem President, is, don't man, crayon. Legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're they're projecting it to be even lower. They're actually projecting it to go lower now. So if we're bad now, how bad are we going to be in 2022 and 2023? Bad. Oh, we're going to be terrible. Now, here's the thing. Inflation can look like economic growth if you lie about the inflation numbers, right? Like, say you sell your product and it's, I don't know, you, you sell it for $30, right? And you sold four last year. Uh, my, my math is off, but say you triple the price, right? And you sell two yeah. next year. Well, it looks like you've done more business because you earned more dollars, but you only sold two products where you sold three or four last year. So there's less economic activity, less goods and services being produced. It's just, it's more, it's dollar value has gone up. So it looks like more economic activity. But it's not. It's less stuff changing hands. It's less transactions. It's less prosperity. It's life getting harder. And when they so understate the inflation statistics and then the amount of dollars changing hands goes up, well, it looks like the economy is growing. That's definitely not what's happening. Right. Well, and the next one they have is inflation. Right. And this is projected inflation for let's go with uh, 2022. Um, where are we? Where would USA be here? Are we, are we off the chart? Is that what they're telling me? Where's USA on this one? Okay, we're right in the middle. One of the gray bars. Right here. So they're saying projected to be seven. We're already past that. Yeah. We're already past that. So Funny. when this came out, we're, we're, so basically we're in uncharted waters, basically. Well, remember a year ago, they told us inflation was transitory and that they expect within a few months, it'll be back around their 2% target. Right. So good old Janet Yellen, whatever you, whatever you want to old Yellen stain as Greg Manorino would call her. <laughs> their projections are worthless. Consumer confidence. What is this about? The projections are lies. They're, so they're consumer confidence are... is a big one. I'm, I'm not 
terribly sure about the calculation of the, st- of the statistic, where the actual numbers come from. But you need to understand the significance of this. We are a 70% consumer-driven economy, right? We're, we're not a manufacturing society, right? Most of, our, most of us don't work in factories or plants anymore. We're, we're mainly consumers. That's where the economic activity comes from in this country. So a decline in consumer sentiment is very, very bad for the United States. It's a lot worse for the United States than it would be a country like Singapore or Malaysia, somewhere where there's still a lot of manufacturing index. So our economy lives or dies by the consumer. By what we buy. It's getting squeezed. Consumer has nothing left after food, fuel, and rent right now. So what do we export? Dollars only? Dollars, a little bit of energy. Food. And weapons. A lot of weapons. Entertainment. We like to give those away. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. We are a food. uh, We have a lot of food, and we export a lot of food. Yep. Food, energy, and weapons. Exactly. That's what we out we ship outbound. All right, uh, income inflation. So this chart, I was struggling with this one. Where is that one? Income and inflation. So what is this measuring? Price increases in food and energy disproportionately affect the poor households. So honestly, I, I don't know where they're getting the numbers, especially for the high income people, because the high income people in the United States spend a negligible percentage of their income on food, right? So it shouldn't even be this high. The green bar shouldn't even be this high in the United States. Mm, um, right. But the poor are particularly impacted by inflation. They, they get hit the hardest because the lower earners spend more of their income as a percentage basis on food and rent and, and gasoline, right? So inflation hits them the hardest. And that's why I get so mad every time I hear Jerome Powell talk, speak, he talks about the strong labor market and wage growth, particularly among the bottom quartile earners, is so encouraging. Like he's he's gaslighting the poor in this country. He's telling them their their lives are getting better when the inflation rate is way above the rate that their wages are going up. The poor are getting poorer. And, you know, the left and the right politically, they love to throw the blame back and forth at each other about income and wealth inequality. Inflation is where the wealth inequality comes from in this country. Inflation, it devalues wages, it devalues savings, it devalues debt, and it increases asset values. And the wealthy have a lot of debt that goes down in value, and they own a lot of assets that go up in value. Meanwhile, the poor, their wages go down in value and their savings gets eroded. So right. and the poor tend to not have assets. They tend to not own their own homes. They tend what to not have stocks. Poor? What, what do you consider poor? Yeah, well, yeah I mean, the Money wealthy wise? meaning what? Yeah, let's put some lines down. What's what is wealthy? Four hundred thousand plus. Josh, can you pull that up? Yep, got you. Josh, got, I Josh, think the median income in the United States is something like sixty thousand. Is that like medium median household? See, that's income? poor. Below the poverty line in a lot of cities, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm serious. The, the, the problem with inflation is if it goes up ten percent and your wages go up ten percent on average your inflation's up 15 percent you cannot you can't beat it when it starts happening it pushes you into a different tax bracket that's why it's important to understand what wealthy actually is because if you're getting pushed up into a different tax bracket you're less wealthy it's really strange this inflation stuff is hitting us from all sides it's really 
it's hard to pin down because of all the quantitative easing and all the crap that's going on. So what is what is wealthy considered? Hang on. We're going to find out here. Let me grab his camera, Josh. You know, while you're looking for that, Chris, you, you touched on a real important thing there. Inflation gives the government a raise because the government collects more taxes and the government's debt, the $30 trillion national debt, gets less valuable with inflation. So So does the government really want to fight inflation? Do they really? What are we looking at there, Josh? Uh, I just pulled up. It was it was kind of a, a little weird to Google, but I pulled up. You know, uh, you know what you know what constitutes as poor, and uh, I just keep getting a lot of these. Uh, what what's keep keeps being referred to as poverty guidelines. I didn't know you had to follow guidelines to uh, be impoverished. Um, but if we look down at the left side, it says persons in household. So I guess it goes up from one to two to three. Blah blah blah. So if you have that many persons in your household. Now, here's where, you know, maybe uh, one of them can help us out here. On the right, you have 100%, 133%, 138%, and so on. Do we know what those numbers mean? Is that saying if, if, uh, if between three people, 100% of your income is you know, $23,000, you're poor? Because that's, that's low. Percent of what? What's the percentage that's of? That's dirt floor poor. That is like ridiculous poor in the United States. Yeah, there, there's not even one person can can. This, this isn't. The poverty that, line. I guess it was more of a personal question to you guys, because, you know, what is what what is poor? Really, think about it. What is it? Is it not? Is it? A lady in the chat today said her neighbor could mm-hmm. not afford five dollars for eggs. That's freaking poor, guys. Yes, that would be. And these are people that are doing this now. Right. It's like. We're here. We've arrived. It, the, the inflation is outrunning people's wages. Fuel all the stuff. It's like, whoa. Well, what? Here's you wealthy. Have- here's wealthy. It says uh, in 2021, Americans said uh, they needed 624,000 in net assets to live comfortable. So I guess living comfortable would kind of translate as wealth, you know, not really worrying about uh, bills and stuff. So 1.9 to be rich. So wealthy, about 600,000. Rich about two million. I'll go with that. That sounds pretty close. Right, because you're up there. You're up there at the one nine. So I would see you saying that. All right. So (laughs) I'm about ten dollars. Ten dollars. We also go into uh, wheat, and I'm not sure how that you know. I guess how much wheat came from Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. So this this chart is scary, and this is this is another one that really grinds my gears. This is who's going to suffer. All right. And, and I said a long time ago on my channel that most of the bodies produced by this war will not be in Ukraine. They won't be in Russia. They're going to be in Africa and they're going to be in the Middle East. And this chart is why. This is where these countries get their grain from. Right. And these are some of the poorest countries in the world. And, you know, this is the percent of their grain that comes from Russia in blue or Ukraine in green. And look at Armenia there. Almost all of their grain comes from Russia and Ukraine, Sudan, almost all of it. I mean, and Sudan, this is not a country that can afford even a minor disruption in its food supply because a large portion of the population in Sudan is already before this war started on the brink of starvation. Right. And then what happens, once you get this, you get chaos in these countries. And when you get chaos in these countries, you get uh, refugees running to other countries and putting stress on other countries. And it becomes a whole chaotic event in, you know, on a half of the planet. Um, well, that, yeah. and that grain, 
it has to be sourced somewhere else. So it's going to be sourced from grain that doesn't come from Russia and Ukraine. So it's going to drive up the price of the grain that does come from the U.S. and Canada, Argentina, Brazil, or the other exporting countries. They're going to have to pick up the slack. Prices are going to go higher. Yeah, so you just can't let it fall because, like I said, if you just let them starve, it's it's bad times, bad times. It's not that simple. Uh, we are in oil, spare oil. So what we got here, did that's not legend out? Did they not give us any references on this one? Of course they didn't. Yeah, th- this is spare oil capacity. I think they're trying to say that all of the oil that Europe buys from Russia can be made up by these few countries. Okay. Uh, they're saying, you know, Saudi Arabia can turn on a couple of extra wells, the UAE, Iraq, Nigeria. If these countries turn on a few extra wells, they don't need the Russian oil. I don't think that's true because oil production is in decline right now. Josh, Libya, you still- go ahead. Libya just lost a million barrels per day. They, there's a civil war being fought in Libya, Libya right now. It's not getting much press coverage, but almost all oil production in Libya just went offline this week. Wow. Russian oil production is in decline. Because they're starting to run into problems with the sanctions. I mean, the oil is still getting sold. But when you need to run an oil industry, you need valves, you need pumps, you need pipes. I mean, says you're in logistics. You know how much yeah. stuff. And Chris, you're in, in gas. Just, Think about the yeah, material and everything, right? I just got off the phone with a good friend of mine. He's always in charge. He's that guy that's just. He's just good at this stuff. And then that, he always, he's like the cream. He rises to the top. And I got to ask him, I was like, what, you know, what's going on? What, he's head of the company, a big company. And um, he said, we're struggling getting stainless. We're struggling getting valves. We're struggling getting, you know, all this stuff that, and a lot of people don't understand that these gas companies are hedged in at a certain price. Okay. They, 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 you, if, if gas goes to nine dollars a thousand, I'm talking natural gas, not you know, natural gas goes to nine dollars a thousand. These people are still hedged in at four and five dollars a thousand. A lot of them. Now, if inflation, well, as inflation picks up and fuels getting more expensive, they're not able to get these wells online fast enough because these wells are only good for so long. And what's happening, I think, is something's different this time. When I got here, gas was ten dollars a thousand, and it was crazy. It was so much work you couldn't do it. But this something's different now, and I've, I've been asking everybody I see in the oil and gas field that's you know in higher ranks what's happening. And they're saying that they're hedged in at a certain price, and they're not filling what they're hedged at, so they're getting. They have to buy that gas. They have to give that gas. They have to purchase that gas if they cannot create it and sell it. So they're having to buy it at nine dollars a thousand, and they're hedged in at five. So a lot of—that's how you go bankrupt. Chris, I mean, what you <laughs> just described is a short squeeze. That—that's a definition of a short squeeze. And that's uh, what's there's going on. that's going on globally right now, especially in Europe. Now. These gas guys, like the guy you're talking to, these aren't like predatory short sellers, right? They're not like these Citadel guys that were dumping GameStop stock. As part of their normal business to protect themselves from price fluctuations, they sell ahead, right? They sell the gas they haven't pumped yet. That way, if the price ever drops, they've locked in a price. But at the same time, that also means if the price goes up, they don't make as much money that they otherwise could have because they've already sold at a lower price. 
But then if there's some disruption to production, if, say, the supply chain starts failing and now they can't meet their production that they've already sold, then they have to go on the open market and buy what they've already sold to deliver on that hedge or that short. And if everybody starts doing that, if too many people start doing that, the price on the spot market starts to go really high. It even goes straight up. That's a short squeeze. That's a textbook short squeeze. And the producers, especially in Europe, I had this is the first I've heard of it in the States, Chris. That's interesting because I've I've heard about this in Europe. And a lot of these companies like Trifigura is one of the biggest energy trading companies in the world. And they've been begging the European Central Bank for a bailout for the better part of this year. It hasn't gotten a lot of press coverage. And it's for the same thing. These these energy outfits as part of normal operation, they've hedged. They've already sold oil and gas that they can't get now. I'm just going off of what, how this time is different than the last time. When I got here in 20, I don't know, whenever gas was real high, it was wide open. And this time it's different. Gas is high and it's, it's like they're pinching pennies. They're hard bidding everything. I mean, they're taking work from us and they want it faster. It's like it's, it's pushing us and we're making less as inflation is killing everybody. You know, it's really strange and i kind of had to put my foot down and i said look i'm gonna work for this amount and that's it because i'm going backwards now and they gave me this raise which was about 20 percent and they thought they did me a big you know solid but all they did was get me back to where i should have been (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm just i'm back where i was that's what a lot of people are falling way behind this inflation if anybody's listening to me right now and you're not making noise about your show your employer the numbers it's really important for me to get this message out because if you're just sitting around waiting for somebody else to give you a raise you're doing the wrong thing if you're if you are a valued employee now if you're just a warm body sitting around this isn't going to work but if you are if you bring value you can you can go to your employer and say hey i'm doing this it costs it is costing me this i need x and there's no way out of it that's what i did and it worked it worked just imagine uh, it wasn't quite 20%, but I'll, I'll go 15. I can't do math off the top of my head, but you know, a 15% raise right off the bat. Actually, you did. Wait, actually, you told me the number. You were about was 18. it 20%? No, you're like 18. 18. Okay. So that's a that's a big deal, and and all you have to do is you know show them on paper exactly what you're doing, you know, and and, and it might help somebody. All right. So. All right, here's the one here. This one's mine. Um, this is showing, and I want to go in, then I'm just going to go in the food, and then I'm going to drop a link, and you guys you can either can call in or you, I can set the phone up or you can actually dial in either way. So this is delay. So what they're measuring here, which I'm telling you right now, they're wrong, um, is the containers. So this graph indicates the proportion of goods that are waiting cont- on container ships. <laughs> and not right they're wrong so some of the container ships that we had were sitting there for 30 40 50 60 70 days at one point right your normal container ship would sit for um you, uh, let's say it, it might roll in you get there maybe a day two days rolls in gets unloaded in a day and it rolls out that's where they're kind of showing this four to six 14 days no that they were they might have scheduled their appointment and said, hey, we're here, and then waited 14 days. But they were so backlogged that they were waiting months to get unloaded. Um, it's going to get even worse. It was, it's gonna, it, it was going to get even worse 
um, if the, the wave of, of boats come in here and we've got a bunch of people that can't afford to go to work. Right. So whose voice is coming in? Um, Someone's listening to the feed. Yeah, I just muted him. So you're muted right now there, Chris, until because you're playing the, the feed or recording it or something. He's probably recording what he said so he can play it back later on. And listen, um, either way. So this is basically this is bad because we're going to start, you know, truck drivers are losing. They're going out. Um, they can't afford the run. They can't afford this. They can't afford that which is going to drive when freight does come back or things do start moving for whatever reason, even if it's conflict, we're not going to have the means to be able to move that stuff. And you think there's delays now, there are going to be even more delays. Are you done? Could I unmute you? Hang on. So Chris. It, this is, this is not the worst of it yet. Would you say like, you know, does it have to get a little more uh, desolate before it starts to get better? Yes. And as freight's dying down right now, freight prices are, are, are dropping for truck drivers. So truck drivers are getting very low freight prices. I think I, uh, last time I posted it, it was like a dollar 95. And then you have a fuel surcharge on top of that. But the base price was like a dollar 95, but the, the distance between the fuel price and the actual price they're being paid. A lot of truck drivers are going to be losing their equipment. Uh, we just saw one that, you know, went down, which I did the interview with, but you're going to have a lot of other ones that are going to possibly be doing the same thing. And that's why that the interview I did was so important because, Somebody with even 27 trucks, it doesn't take much to put them down. And there's going to be. He went down. Yeah. So people get shut down, close the doors. Ah, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Damn. Yeah. And it's one of those things that these. So these wait times and stuff like that is going to get worse. And as that gets worse. Like I, the truck drivers go out once truck freight starts to come back. I got to pay a lot of money to find a truck, which means inflation goes back up again. Because instead of going, instead of me paying $3 a mile to move a truck, there's no trucks. There's more freight than trucks. I now got to offer five, six, seven, eight, nine, depending on how many loads there are compared to how many trucks there are supply and demand. So the only way to truly get a truck driver's attention is to say, Hey, I'll pay you this much money. But if the other guy's paying more money, he's just going to say, well, I'm going to go take that load. So now I've got to offer more money unless it's going to a place that he wants to go to. All right. Food prices. We are all seeing this. Uh, this is a big one. Chris, this is some of the stuff that you've seen um, and you guys are seeing. Food prices are off the charts. They're going to be off the charts. In regards to fertilizer, um, a lot of fertilizer and urea and um, things like that that come from other countries, uh, uh, came from Russia and things. And you know, you can you zoom in on that a little bit? Oh, yeah. This is there's an I... important thing in that graph that you got to see there. You see those two gray areas? This here? Yep. 2008 time frame and then 2011. You got the food price crisis. Oh, you went too far. Oh, zoom oh, back okay. up. The gray areas on the graph. I mean, not on the. Oh, on the graph. The gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Hang on. Let me move this. Uh... Yeah. Okay. The yep. food price crisis back in 2008, you had food-related riots in, I think it was like 42 countries or 45 countries around the world, some form of civil social unrest, violence, rioting. Because this was the Arab Spring, right? That was the food price crisis. The Arab Spring was in 2011. Okay, that was this yep. Okay. And hey, look, that civil war in Syria, that's still being fought over the Arab Spring. Right? Those right. are two events that had body counts. Wars broke out, civil unrest, social unrest. When it gets too expensive to eat, people get pissed off. Bad things happen. 
Mm. Now look yeah. where we are today. The Arab Spring, and every you can look up the Arab Spring. Basically, it started with somebody that was uh, selling off of a cart um, food, right? And the cops showed up. They said, "Show me your permit." He didn't have a permit. They flipped out. They, you know, beat him up a little bit. Took his stuff. Took his thing. Um, and he came back and he lit himself on fire. Was uh, easy, I think, was his name. Right, and became a martyr. Uh, and it was that went into other countries. They would this they other countries started to revolt and overthrow their uh their leaders. I think Libya was one of them. Um yep. and they started to overthrow the governments of those other countries because it started with just one person not being able to make money and selling food off a cart. And it turned into high inflation, high food costs, high all this stuff. And that, like he's there's still going to war right now. Muammar Gaddafi got beaten to death by a mob. Right? His, right. his regime fell. He survived Reagan. I mean, he he sent trucks into Marine barracks and killed hundreds of Marines while they were at Chow. Wow. And he survived that. He he gave Stinger missiles to terrorists and shot down airliners and he survived that. Right. But, he survived being public enemy number one of the United States for decades. He did right. not survive high food prices. You better right. believe global leaders have noticed this. Right. And now we are way past, way past what they were back then. Yep. We're just getting started. And we're just getting started. And and we're already, what is this, Sri Lanka? We've got food riots going on. Yeah. Iran, there's food riots going on right now. Sri Lanka in Libya and Turkey soon. Right. And remember to also too is that these food riots, you know, eventually things, you know, people don't go to work. They don't make things. We don't get good. Sri Lanka gives us, I believe, like rubber and stuff like that. So, you know, when people don't go to work and don't make things and then just say screw it. Goods don't get made. Goods go get delivered. Um, you know, and if you can pull it up, but I'm 99% sure Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka gives us um, rubber. Now, I don't know how much. I can't remember how much, but that's one of the goods that, you know, eventually this stuff. So it does eventually come back to affect us when other countries are in chaos because those other countries could be making goods that we need. Um, and, you know, we don't get them. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that was some of the other one. I mean, real wages, this, this thing covered and I'll drop, I can drop the link for the, let me do this so that you guys can have this and you can see download data, um, on there. If anybody wanted to look at that, I'll drop that in there. Uh, but that's where I got this from. It's down here. Uh, and it says right here, download data. That's where I got this chart from. So you guys can pull that chart from there. Let me do this. Let me see. Uh, debt levels. Debt levels was one, too, because this would be pre-pandemic. Let me zoom in here. And I don't know if this, which debt is this? Personal? Government. This is government debt levels. Yeah. I how, know I... how long do we stay in something like this? Uh, judging uh, off, uh, you know, previous recession, stuff like that, or previous and uh, also inflation hikes. Like, how long are we going to stay in this? you know, this negativity for where people can finally start to come out of it roughly or just, just a guesstimate. Anybody? What's your, what's I think your this one could be a decade long. This one's a, this Damn. is going to be a big one. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you see, the last few, the last few recessions, right? 2020, uh, the, the GFC, the one in the 90s, the one in the 80s, there was two in the 80s, right? All we did was lower interest rates and print money to get out of that problem. So they were short-lived recessions. None of them lasted more than a couple of quarters, right? Even right. 
even the global financial crisis, that only lasted a few quarters, right? Now, it took us a long time to get back up to where we were, but we only actually contracted economically. GDP only went down for a couple of months. It just went down really, really hard, really fast. But we almost immediately started growing again. Right. This time around, we can't lower interest rates. We can't print money because we've got an inflation problem. So we don't have the out that we've used every time to get out of this mess won't work this time. Why can't destroy, we print money? Already not working. We've got the inflation. Why yeah, can't we print money? That never stopped. That never stopped anybody else that had a fiat currency. Never, not one time in history. They always, one hundred percent of the time, print too much money. And that's what I'm afraid of, Chris. Yeah, it, they, that's what I think they're going to do. Chris, you said you were a little more optimistic. Uh, with the 10 years you thought he, uh, you know, do you think that or? Well, <laughs> I think we have some prosperity coming. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm not hundred percent sold on it, but I'm hoping that we have this thing and then they try to print out of it. And then anybody that's holding tangible assets does well. And then we entered the Thunderdome. I'm hoping this thing's just a few years away. I'm hoping we have some type. I just, the only thing that bothers me about my optimistic, it's like, it's not a naive optimistic approach. It's more like a hopeful, you know, hope in one hand and you know what in the other. But food prices are going to push us into th this, the Thunderdome. They really are. They're going to push us into this. I, I, I hope. I hope we come out of it. I don't know how, but they pushed this thing so far. They've kicked the can for so long. I'm hoping they can do it one more time. That yeah. way more people can get prepared. Because here's the deal: the the world, the whole world relies on the dollar, and they're suckers for it. When something goes bad, they run the dollars. Well, it's the strangest thing. Well, what you have to understand too is uh, just so everybody knows uh, the phone number I dropped in there is a call in number. Um, the link I dropped is the link that you can click. Like I said, you don't have to have a camera. You won't be coming on. You'll be, you know, we'll see you in the back, but we won't, they won't see you. Um, so you can leave your camera off. Um, well, the other thing too is that the dollar is something that if the dollar falls, we're, do we're all doomed. So if you were going to go ahead and, and, you know, jump in on something, you're a country and you're going to jump in on something, the dollar is going to be the one that, well, I'm going to go on the dollar because if that's the one that collapses, they're all going, right? So you're kind of basing that decision on the fact that that one shouldn't fall, or if it does, it's the last to fall, you hope. So that's another reason that, you know, it's countries... It's the cleanest dirty shirt. Yes, Yes, and but it's one of them, and that still, again, if that one falls, we're all doomed, right? Yeah, no, I agree. We're all doomed. So if you are going to hedge your bets on which money to invest in, you, if you're a country, you'd say, ah, I'm going to go with the U.S. because that's the one that should be the last to fall. So I, that's kind of why the dollar, everybody's like, oh, it's, it's crashing, it's crashing. Actually, it's not, right? Am I correct, Jack? It's not actually crashing. It's actually momentum. It depends what you measure it against, right? If if you measure the dollar against stuff, it's crashing. That's your your CPI, right. your inflation number, right? The but official if, number is going gold. down eight point six a year. If you measure it against other currencies, you'll hear that called the Dixie or the dollar index. 
Um, if you go by that measure, the dollar's getting stronger. And to use Chris's analogy, the, the best smelling of all the dirty shirts, that just means the other currencies are going down faster right. than the dollar is. Doesn't mean the dollar's getting stronger. They'll call it a strong dollar because Forex traders will, will say that, people who try to make money trading currencies back and forth. But It's like the dominant currency, right? It's like that's the, it's the Bitcoin of crypto. It's, it's like the, the last one that goes down. It's the global reserve currency because of oil in our military. Correct. We, and we're, we're losing the deal with the Saudis. Crazy. You know? Yeah, and it's still based on, I mean, uh, countries still look at us and say, okay, well, uh, allegedly, countries still look at us, even though we're losing the petrodollar, and say the U.S. will pay their debts, right? That They do. They look at us and say that if, if you're looking at separate countries and you're going to look at China, you're going to look at the U.S. Oh, hang on. I get over to my, where's my mouse? Anybody know? There it is. Sage's mouse. That's an annoying ringtone. Uh, we'll deal with it. Hey, how's it going? You just called it. <laughs> press one. To All right, let's press mail, one. Press two. All right, you're in. Hey, this is Justin. How are you guys all doing? Good, good, Justin. How's it going? What's up, man? Great. So, uh, great to be on. I followed you guys all a lot lately. You're all doing a great job. Uh, I really like seeing people come together in these really rough times. Um, so, I wanted to talk about <clears throat> earlier today, the 10-year yield all of a sudden dropped pretty significantly. Um, I've heard some people speculating maybe the Fed and uh, the you know Euro banks have started back on the money printing, and uh, they're just not telling anyone yet. What do you guys think? This is you, Jack. You know, I heard that exact same thing on a channel that I follow every morning, uh, Gregory, Mar ben Gregory Manorino. Sorry, Greg, I just butchered your name. Yep. Um, he said the exact same thing mm -hmm. that when we woke up this morning, actually, the yield on the 10-year was down 11 points. That was at like 8 a.m. Eastern time this morning. So somebody bought a lot of U.S. government debt. All right. When, when you see interest rates on a bond going down, that means the price on the bond is going up. All right. That's some people who don't follow bonds very closely struggle with that. If you see the yield going down, that's the price going up. That means people are buying bonds. Yeah, so right. make sure you put this in English for the rest of us, just yep. so you know. Okay, good. So that also happened today after Powell started talking, the yields on the bonds went down, which meant people were buying bonds. People were buying U.S. government debt. All right, so for whatever reason, what people heard from Jerome Powell today thought that the U.S. government debt was a better investment. That didn't make a lot of sense to me, to be honest with you. I, I, I wasn't yeah. buying that. Now, I can tell you, that the European Central Bank had an emergency meeting today in the morning to talk about turning the money printers back on. They didn't say it that way. They yeah. called it like an emergency tool or something like that. But what they're talking about, because there's a lot of countries in Europe that nobody will touch their debt with a 10-foot pole. The European Central Bank, the only people in the world that will buy their debt. So they're talking about printing money to buy up debt from, they call them the pigs countries, Portugal, Italy, Ireland, Greece, and Spain. So it's, it's possible that the money printers are starting to come on again already. It's very possible because they're already talking about it. Well, that's good news, right? When we start printing money, that's, that's a good thing because more money is more <laughs> fun for everyone. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. Let's just yeah. give everybody a million dollars so we can all be millionaires. Right? So we just solved all our problems. Well, you know what I was thinking too is before you were saying, uh, you know, uh, 
when uh like something about debt like when it increases they have to destroy money or something like that like i got the best idea instead of destroying oh, no. it just give it to me i'll yeah. take it i'll take a right off your hands and i'll stimulate the fuck out of this economy yeah sorry no. for Kurt, just got a little excited there no not anonymous of you yeah that's not how it works i got a black oh. pill for you sorry you, ready? you want a black pill Oh, hang on, hold on one sec. Uh, you, did you want to ask another question? Or was that the only one, buddy? No, that was really the biggest thing on my mind. Uh, I appreciate it. I was thinking the same thing. Um, but we'll see. Gold and silver are up this morning. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's turn around. We'll see. That's all. I appreciate hey, it. Outstanding. Thank you for calling in. And um, like I said, I think we're doing this more often. So but I appreciate you calling in. Later, Justin. Yep. See you, Justin. Have a good one. Later, dude. Thanks for coming on. All right, you can. Uh, oh God, he'll have to wait. I see you there, Sam. Man, you'll have to sit there for a sec. What? What's your black pill? Why are the markets closed Juneteenth? Why? Why the markets closed on Juneteenth? Is this one of them jokes? No, it's not a joke. Oh, okay. There's no trading on Juneteenth. Y'all know what Juneteenth is, right? Yeah, it's not a real day, right? Uh, Biden acknowledged it as a time where you can't trade juneteenth is the uh commemorating the okay. last slaves in texas that were released yep. which was long after the civil war was over yeah right. well i don't want to get into why if it should be a holiday or not but why is it now all of a sudden this year why would the markets be closed why would they close the stock market on juneteenth <laughs> well because they're making it a, a federal a federal holiday right it would be listed as a federal holiday. It's not. So it's, see, that's when they do the switch. Might not be this time, but it'll be a government holiday. Right. Oh, hang on. Let me unmute, unmute him. You're muted. All right. But yeah, but that's once it's a government holiday. That's why uh, the stock market's closed on government holidays, right? Well, I. Yeah, I no, it's not supposed to be a government holiday. Hang on. You know, one of the ways the elite stay in power is by convincing us to break up into smaller and smaller subsets of the population, mm -hmm. convince us each other is the problem, and make us fight and hate each other so all the attention is off of them, right? And, yeah, but, you yeah, know, you that's done by, by uh, social class, you know, by poverty, yeah. by economic class, it's done by race, it's done by religion, it's done by gender, it's done by every which possible way. You watched my you watched my show that I did my interview that I did that we talked exactly about that right? Yep. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't watch my show. You, I didn't watch your show. No, Sorry, I, I've been working seven yeah. days a week, twelve hours a day, a hundred miles away. Yeah, I didn't make it. <laughs> Forgive me. Holiday was made a federal holiday, so once it was made a federal holiday, it's the stock markets. Are stock markets closed on federal holidays? Yes. No. Bank holidays. Which are federal holidays? That's 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 what that's what they're looking for. Look, look, I'm telling oh, you, look for the bank holiday. Oh, it's just a holiday, and then all of a sudden, you can't come get your money. What, no, what happened? They locked the doors because it's a, it, it, a bank run. that actually is a bank holiday. They that's the term bank holiday applies to, you know, federal holidays, right? Right. Christmas, Martin Luther King Day, now Juneteenth. But there's also a term for a bank holiday, which is what they called it in 1929 when right, they were trying was, to stop the bank run. They just declared a bank holiday. The banks were all going to be closed tomorrow. Right. But that was also, drawing their money. That's what I'm saying. Could that be Juneteenth? No. June, oh, my God. All right. Listen, the Great Depression, when the Great Depression happened, actually 1930, 1929, the stock market fell. I'm not talking about the Great Depression. I'm talking about the new holiday. 
Well, it's a federal holiday. It's just a bank holiday. It is now. Yeah. Well, Chris, yeah, I guess we're trying to figure out what, I, like, what you, you know, do you not, like, obviously you don't think it should be like a federal holiday, but what is there like, a, is there like I'm a I'm saying deep, they're looking for an excuse to shut the banks off. I don't right. think it's going to be that one day. I'm telling you one day. I don't think they, be, oh, wait a minute. There's a new holiday. There's a new holiday. I, I think don't the, come the simplest explanation, it's the, the politics of race is very easily. Octum's razor. It could just be a holiday that was signed in to, by law to become a federal holiday, which made it a, a, a day that a, a bank holiday. It could be, sure. Yeah, I'm okay. fine. Man. All right, let me bring Sandman's in. You get Sandman. <laughs> you there? Hey, yeah, I'm here. All right, so All right. I got a, I got a question. I got a question for your guests here. So one of them said that uh, they expect a depression um, and that it'll last for ten years. Um, they were also talking about um, the inability to control um, inflation, their only tool being causing a massive depression or recession. And I just want some more thoughts about that. Every time in the last 30 years that we've had a, a market correction, they've the Fed has done something to either influx money into the system or so they've manipulated. It hasn't been free market. Bad debt has not been eliminated. It's just been propped up. Moved along to the next guy. Yep. Okay. Very so, well said. Is that a statement or you, you, have a, you also have a question? Well, so why, why do you think they're not going to do the same thing when the market crashes to 20,000. Okay. Reverse course, lower interest rates and, and restart QE. Why will they not do that? They've done it every time for the last 30 years. All right, Sam, awesome question, Sam. And I don't disagree with you at all. I think that's exactly what they'll do. All right, that is exactly what they'll do. They are going to turn the money printers back on and lower rates. The problem is, well, first off, if they don't, we get your classic 1929-1930 depression, where the stock market crashes, there's this big wave of defaults and insolvencies, businesses go under mass unemployment, the original Great Depression. Right? That was 1929-1930s United States that lasted about 10 years. The alternative, and why, to, to use the expression, this time is different, this time around, after 30, 40 years of the easy money, and just as you described, every time things get bad, every time we enter a recession, they lower rates, create more bad debt to pile on top of the old bad debt, and they print more money. Well, now we have inflation. And mm -hmm. if they do that again, that inflation is going to run away. It's people, it will become detached from reality, and it will cause a stampede to get out of dollars. People will look to dump their dollars as fast as possible afraid they're going to lose value, and it becomes a feedback loop, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, if that happens, now instead of 1929, 1930 United States, now it's a little more like 1923 Germany and Austria, which for all intents and purposes was actually a whole hell of a lot worse than the Great Depression. That was hyperinflation, and that will drive a country mad. Right? And if, if you remember the, the 20 or 30 years that followed 1923 Weimar Germany, the whole country went insane. And when the money becomes worthless and people can't eat and they're trying to make sense of it all, 
it's real easy for some whack job to come in and say it's because of this little subset of the population they caused all your problems and then everybody just starts hating on that the country goes crazy people turn on each other on their neighbors mm -hmm. and that doesn't resolve quickly it, it's it's mayhem so, and it, that will take 10 years to sort out it'll i don't want to get too doom and gloomy chris is feeling optimistic no, but, today but i don't want to take him down <laughs> Pretty good. So, but what you're saying, what you're saying is, is that the the that the federal government and the and the and the federal bank will choose to collapse our economy to save the dollar as the world um, currency, and they won't care about the average American citizen because it's more important to save the country's money and its world dominance than it is to protect us citizens. Hang, hang on one sec. I'm going to put him on hold. Hold on. I'm not convinced that that is the choice. They have to choose between the economy and the dollar. They have to pick one. They can't keep both. If I had to bet, if I absolutely had to bet, I would say that they sacrifice the dollar to save their debt system, to save the economy. But they could choose either one. They could choose the dollar and sacrifice the economy, in which case we get the mass unemployment, the mass layoffs, the stock market crash, the Great Depression. Or if they choose the economy versus the dollar, then we get 1923 Weimar Germany. But they can't keep both. There is no scenario after 40 years of easy money where they can keep both. I agree. I agree. But I think that they will choose to save the dollar because it is what gives us world power and control of the world economic system. They are not going to give that up. They will choose the to collapse the economy. What if the dollar's not back? You know, we're losing the petrodollar. That's what gave it its validity. It's the well, only thing. It, it, at one time, hey, hang on. Uh, Sam, can I bump you off there? Because I got another caller. Yeah. Sam, that's a great question, dude. It was. Yep. Thanks for calling in, buddy. He, he's allegedly a friend of mine. So um, I'm not oh, paying him. Sorry. Let me kick him out. Okay. Uh, so real quick, uh, call you, uh, call you still there? Yeah. I can't hear you. Yeah, I am. Okay, I'm sorry. What was your name? My name's Zephyr. Hey, Zephyr. Yeah, how's it going, buddy? What you have a question? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, so I'm pretty uh deep into stocks and cryptocurrency. Uh, how come the Federal Reserve's news today was bullish? Just wanted to get your ideas and opinions on that. Well, let me jump. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me jump. I think what happened too also was it was it was projected so much that they were going to go that way. So there was a correction prior to uh, where people pulled out just before, correct? And then when that actually news kind of came in, people said, "Okay, we've now create because st obviously stocks is like freight. We like consistency. We don't like surprises. <laughs> so it, there wasn't much right. of a surprise in regards to what was going to happen. Uh, people were saying 50. People were saying 75. Um, and because that that there was that knowledge before that wasn't as much of that explosion compared to the I think just before it dipped, didn't it, Jack? It dipped a little bit after the initial announcement, but everything was up today. From the, from the moment we woke up this morning, everything was up. And then it dipped a little bit after, after the announcement of the rate hike, but then it moved up, and it, it continued moving up while Powell was talking. And I'll be and, honest with you, Zepper. Are you referring to Bitcoin? I think we're talking about the market as a whole, right? Are we Okay. Okay. 
not talking about Bitcoin, right, specifically. Just talking about the market as a whole. The market, for whatever reason, I don't see it the same way, but the market interpreted what they heard from Powell today as dovish or thus bullish for stocks, that the market rallied. Money went back into the markets today. I, I don't think that's going to last. Maybe there was just so much negativity in the days leading up to this because it's been a bloodbath in markets since that inflation number on Friday. So maybe it was just like everybody's been holding their breath, waiting for this. Ugh, okay, it's finally here. And then they relax. I don't think it's going to last. I don't think the sentiment holds. I mean, they were, they were spent half of the press conference talking about unemployment with Powell today, not talking about fighting inflation, talking about unemployment, like it's already a done deal that the layoffs are going to start soon. Oh, boy. That's fun. That's yeah. happy. And, and that, again, I'm not a, this is not financial advice. None of us are financial advisors in any way, shape or form. Um, nor, you know, nor do we play one on TV. But so that's just kind of my, that was my opinion also. Uh, and that was Jack. Chris, did you have anything on this one or you didn't really watch that one? I was actually about to talk about these comments. Oh, all right. And I'll, we'll stay after this call. Um, did that kind of answer your question? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, yeah. I know that he did touch base on that GDP was higher than projected. And to my understanding, I think that the uh, in a recession is basically two consecutive quarters with negative GDP. Correct. The rest of the markets and speculative markets and all that stuff actually really doesn't even matter. But he did say our job market's looking really good. It's a tight labor market. Uh, it's just our only problem is the price of energy and essentially inflation itself. He also touched base that inflation has topped. He's very confident about that. And I just wanted to call in that maybe I'm an optimist, but I really don't think there's probably the closer and closer we get to the end of June. I'm thinking we're actually less likely to go into recession long as things go pretty well. But when they raise interest rates, I think it's a bit of a lagging indicator in and of itself. So we probably won't see the effect of this probably about uh, two or three months. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what he's got to say a month, two, three from now. Yeah, and let me just that's all I got to say. And yeah, and help before you take off. The only issue I see is that we are a country that delivers energy and food, and we have both an energy and food problem, right? So my issue with us saying that we're you know our economy looks good and this looks good and this looks good. Um, I'm not sure how that's possible, but, you know, being in the trucking thing is what I'm seeing in regards to truck rates and things like that. I'm not sure how they get that the economy looks good when trucking is taking a dive because trucking takes a dive when in based on supply and demand. So when you have an energy shortage, which we do, and you have a um, food you know, shortage, and that's one of the things that we do push out at some of our exports. I don't know. If I'm ex I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm not as optimistic rolling into the uh, winter months as, you know, or the fall month area as I, as I'd like to be. Does that make sense? You know, say just one other thing I want I want to add to what you were talking about about right, the definition of economic growth is two consecutive quarters or the definition of recession is two consecutive yeah. quarters of negative economic growth. Um, inventory has a way of looking like economic growth, and we have a real inventory problem in this country right now. Right? Yes, if you go look online, you'll see all kinds of stories about how Target ordered way too much stuff. Walmart right. has an inventory glut. And how it's going to lead to these deep, deep discounts this summer because the yeah. consumer doesn't have any money to spend on it. Well, inventory 
is one of the measures that informs GDP. So we may actually get a positive GDP number this quarter, but it's not because of more goods and services being produced, more economic activity. It's because all these stores panic bought so much crap because they didn't know what was going on with the supply chain. Now it's all here and nobody's buying it. Right. So and this a is a very short lived positive read. And just I'll get right to you, Chris. This is another issue people are talking to me. It's like, how do we have a shortage in this? How do we have a shortage in this? And 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 I'm gonna kind of go into this a story because you have the ports that are are getting record, you know, volume coming in and stuff. So I've talked about this before. Freight is purchased on a an, uh, Analyx, right? An, um, oh, help me out here. Oh my God! End of the day here. It's all based on what you order constantly all the time. Analytics. OK, so when you when people start to knee jerk and order stuff, we don't have a lot of space because we used to do a just in time freight. So we don't have a ton of space to, to store. So when we you knew a knee jerk reaction and, and order a bunch of toilet paper, you might not order something else that you should have ordered. Now your warehouse is full of toilet paper and you don't have room for baby wipes. I'm just making this stuff up as I go um, or feminine products or whatever. So you're we have that situation going on that this supply crunch isn't just affecting us because of the waves of volume. It's affecting our analytics on how we order things. People have forgotten how to order things because somebody sitting in this office is now so far away from the warehouse through analytics that they're like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be ordering and how much I'm supposed to be ordering because the analytics used to tell me when to order, how much to order, because it, that's how the system worked. So that's also something that's been a devastating blow to supply chains is the, the computer system and the software and the technology that's supposed to help us. Well, it's not helping us right now. And Chris, you have comments in the. No, well, I was going back to the caller. You don't, you guys don't think we're already in a recession. Yes. Already there, you just can't see it. It's hard to see. They give these arbitrary ways to measure depression and recession, but they don't give you a way to calculate quantitative easing into that. Does that make sense? Well, I, I think it's hard to see it when they're printing money and manipulating everything. Well, I think when they say recession, when they say recession is the two months or two quarters, two quarters, right? Two quarters. It's two quarters. When it, they say it's two quarters, that's just their base to say, okay, it's here. It's it's a it's a baseline. So you, you you're in it, but it's until it's measured by that two quarter baseline, they don't declare it a recession. Does that make sense? So yeah, it, it's easy for but us. Can, how long can you prop it up? But they're propping it up on the front end. Does that make sense? Yeah, let me get. You know, there's another way they can do it, too. They take all the goods and all the services produced. They measure the dollar amount and then they subtract the rate of inflation. And then that's what they report as GDP growth. Well, if they understate the rate of inflation, then it looks like GDP growth. And they do. We know they understate the rate of inflation big time because they're financially incentivized to do so. Sure. So. You're right. If if we were to put the actual rate of inflation, which is something like 18 percent, if we were to subtract that from economic activity, we'd be deep, deep in recession right now. Correct. But they don't do that. But no. even now, even with their bogus like statistics, we've had one ne one quarter of negative GDP growth. But this inventory thing may kick us out of that. It may it may restart the clock. They may not actually declare a recession until January of 2023 now. <laughs> And we'll be deep into a depression then. Oh, people's lives <laughs> will be so miserable by then. Nobody's going to believe anything they yeah. say. But 
what is the difference between recession and depression? How doomed you are? Fifty <laughs> percent. It's uh, it has to do with the severity of the drop. I think it's a cumulative. It's fifty. Was it ten percent? It's it's price of goods and services going fifty percent up, fifty percent a month. That's hyperinflation. I think right. the definition of a depression is cumulative. Like if you take all of the recessionary quarters, all the negative GDP growth. If it adds up combined, I think the ten percent or more, it's technically a depression. Let me verify that. It's either ten or yeah, twenty. I don't know that one. This is the other stuff too. During during the Great Depression, nineteen twenty nine, the stock market fell, but that didn't affect a lot of people. What actually affected everybody was nineteen thirty when they when we lost confidence in the banking system, and there was bank runs. Lots of bank runs. And those banks didn't have the money in the banks to cover all the money that people wanted. That was technically one of the, you know, now banks don't have money to loan. They don't have money to give. And, and that was kind of how the depression actually went into effect. Yeah, it's a cumulative, a cumulative GDP loss of 10% or a recession lasting longer than three years. That would be a depression. And where does Fed now come into? Hang on, let me grab that. Hey, how's it going? You're on with uh, the Motley crew that we have here. How are you guys doing? Can you hear me? Good, good. Yeah. Well, um, uh, who, who are we speaking with? This is Charles. Yeah. Dowling. I'm out in Colorado Springs area. Are you on speakerphone? Yeah, you're on speaker? How about is, yes. is that better? That's much better. Yep. That's better. Uh, Thank you. Um. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I asked originally. Anyways, um. So I work out at a farm. I, I thought a good topic to maybe discuss. I don't know. I'm a little behind on the show, so I don't know if you talked about it yet or not. But uh, during the Weimar uh, Depression, um, the Weimar note actually uh, appreciated against the dollar for a while and gold and silver, but then it tanked. I mean, gold and, uh, gold and silver tanked uh, severely at, before the hyperinflation kicked in. I was hoping that might be a topic you guys might want to discuss or maybe not. Okay, so that's uh, the Weimar. I'm unfamiliar with this. The Weimar Depression. Weimar Germany. So this Before. is Germany in the uh, the mid 1920s. Okay, okay 1920. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't know it was called Weimar Germany. I knew it, it, 1923 they had one. Yes. Start so uh, uh, hyperinflated, but before it did all that, people holding gold and silver saw their uh, gold and silver in, in the marks value depreciate significantly. For like a year, year a and a half, or something like that. I don't remember. I'm not looking at the documents right now, but I didn't know if you guys had uh, thoughts on those topics and what we're going into right now. If it's maybe similar, or I wonder, I was that exactly a government devaluation of gold? Because I know in the United States back then, the value of gold was fixed, right? It was the government controlled the price. That's we had a gold backed dollar, so the government controlled the essentially controlled the price of gold by. The number of dollars that were in existence. One of the reasons why we left the gold standard. I I don't know if Weimar Germany had that. This was a pure fiat at that point. I believe so. That. Yes. Go ahead. So, like our ours is now. So basically, then what what they're saying is that it ran against gold, and gold went down. Correct. And, 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 and silver, silver, gold and silver. Okay, commodities so commodities dropped in value. Well, normally, if the dollar the runs, 
gold and silver goes down. So if people give, if people have confidence in the dollar, they don't, they usually how it normally worked. I just learned some of this today. You, once you have confidence in the dollar, um, you, the gold and silver goes down because you don't have as much buying into gold and silver because people trust that the dollar's good, right? When people don't trust that the dollar's good, people say, uh oh, I'm going to buy gold and silver. So supply and demand says gold and silver will start to go up because people will now have more demand for gold and silver uh, because they don't trust that the dollar is coming down. Let me pull this up. Oh, that's exactly you. you're this right. Was the first, this is the first I heard that the dollar appreciated against the mark. During Weimar Germany, is this what uh, you guys are talking about with Weimar? The other way around, the mark appreciated against the dollar. Sorry, yes, but you took more dollars to buy a mark. Uh, before, yeah, but you said gold went down first, right? Yes, before, and then right. so people in in Germany might have sold their gold and silver, thinking that it was depreciating in, in true value, and then the hyperinflation kicked in, and they were left holding worthless paper. Right. So it's like now uh, they were kind of talked out of having gold and silver because they had a valid currency. So, you know, it's kind of like all ships go down with the tide. When everything goes down, everything goes down. It's just like right now. Stock market's down. Crypto's down. Gold's down. Not that much, like one or two percent or something, maybe four on silver. But eventually... It comes back to its real value, which is honest money that cannot be printed. You know, I'm, I'm looking here. As I see that gold went in 1919. It was 170 marks. Five years later, it was 87 trillion marks. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it may have had an uptick or, or, you know, the mark may have appreciated versus gold at some point in between there. Um. So if you're a really good trader, maybe you could have benefited from that. But you made it quick. Overall, Eighty-seven it's trillion. It's important to know that all these stories, and I'm a gold and silver guy. You guys know, but it's important to know that we are the world reserve currency, and it's completely different. Like Weimar Germany is so different. Like Venezuela, they didn't have a bond market or tax income. It's like they were doomed for failure. There's nothing. Right. There's like the, some of these currencies are like gold went up twenty five thousand x. <laughs> Eggs went up fifteen thousand x, and it's it's just really strange. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we you you mentioned the global global reserve currency status there. Um, do you know what it looks like if we lose that? Because there's there's dollars all over the world right now. Correct. Right? Correct. Probably most of the dollars are not in the United States. They're everywhere else. Correct. Right. Because we made this deal with the Saudis. We'll protect you militarily. You make sure all oil trade happens in U.S. dollars. So it forced every country in the world to hold dollars. That has allowed the United States to export inflation for the last 50 years. Correct. Right. Because if everybody in the world is holding dollars and our central bank goes and prints dollars, what we're doing is we're stealing dollars from dollars that already exist well we're stealing wealth from all the other countries in the world we wonder why they hate us the poorest because countries our central bank is printing dollars devaluing existing dollars that we have forced everybody else to hold well right. their central banks can't print dollars only we can so if 
for whatever reason, we lose the petrodollar. If oil trade starts happening in, oh, I don't know, say rubles, it's happening mm-hmm. right now. Ooh. Well, now those dollars have less utility outside the United States. Correct. So money goes where it has value. It's naturally, it flows to wherever it has value. And if those, if those dollars that are overseas right now start to have less utility overseas, they're going to start making their way back to the U.S. And then they're going to start chasing goods and services here in the U.S. The money supply within our shores is going to go way up. It's going to devalue the currency. So all that inflation that we've exported for decades is all going to come home. Right. And let me say, I, I, he jumped, I think either he jumped off or he got caught up, but thank you for calling in. Um, so I, I did appreciate it, but either I lost him or uh, he lost connection there because I didn't boot him. So either way, sorry about that. It was my end. Sage kicked you off on purpose. I'll be honest. That's the first I heard of the, of the, the mark gaining against gold or, or gaining against the dollar before it tanked. I, well, and then. Like you, like you said, we have a net, we have the reserve currency. Like the the death of the dollar is going to be people horrible. It's it's not going to be something that is would be it would be completely it would be very bad, very very bad because somebody's now for everybody for us mainly because we've been ripping off the whole world with it. No, it's going to be bad for everybody because the amount of money that every other country holds of ours is how is it not. Oh, it's gonna drive it's gonna drive the whole world insane. It is, but can you imagine the people that have been getting ripped off by the dollar? The, no, they're, they're holding the dollar. It doesn't matter if they're getting ripped off. Countries hold U.S. dollar bills. They buy into that. That's why the yeah, dollar. So I agree if with that. if that dollar is turns into you know pieces of paper with no value, the whole somebody's gonna have to immediately step in and and then put their money in place. China is going to do it. Rush another country would have to step in, or you would have chaos. You would have outer chaos in the world when when I'm holding this all this money in U.S. currency and now it's paper. It's not as simple as well. We're just going to replace it with this. Another country is going to step in because we're going to lose. The United States is also going to lose its leverage as regards to a lot. We do do petrodollar is a big thing, but it's also the fact that countries trust us that we're going to pay our bills. Okay. Once you lose that trust, we're going to lose trading trust. We're going to lose. Uh, it's just more than just losing the dollar. Co- other countries might not trade with us. Other countries might not support us in, in, in regards to the UN and all these other things. If this dollar falls, it's not just, you know, let's go to this. It is utter chaos in every aspect of trust in the United States. So that's where the digital dollar steps in. No, that's one aspect, but it still has to be backed by somebody. What's the dollar backed by? Faith. Faith. You know, who was it? Was it uh, was it Sandman or Zephyr? I can't remember. But right before he, right before he signed off, he, he dropped that he thinks they're going to choose the dollar versus the economy because the dollar is their power. The dollar is how they project strength overseas and everything else. Sandman. You know, when you mention the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, it's almost like they're getting ready to have the substitute for their petrodollar to roll out right as the petrodollar dies. So maybe they maybe Mm. that's their plan to keep their power that the dollar has granted them while at the same time bailing out all the debt in the economy. Right. Sacrificing the dollar as if they roll out that CBDC right as it dies. That's it. Hang on, Josh, pull up Fed now. F.E.D. now. Um. And and this is you know so this is something that it's it's not as simple as 
loss of dollar and we replace it with it, it it is it is a loss of trust in the united states which is a loss of a lot of other things that we that happen globally uh like i said trade deals um you know un support at some point it could be lost in trust in military support are you talking about this yeah let me get sure. my bank now why would why would they lose trust in american military support it's not like our allies were falling from the landing gear a few months ago yeah, stuff like that. You know, that's another one. And and Fed now is something that they're basically already looking at their own version of of a uh, central banking currency. Correct? You guys saw this. You've seen this, right? I haven't seen this one. Nope. This is new. Yeah, go to Fed now. Fed so, now. Fed now um, is basically the Federal Reserve's version of like a cash app. Okay, so wow. it, it is a quick pay. Uh, I can immediately transfer 24 seven, um, send this money to you, PayPal type system, right? You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to do my, this. It, it's one-to-one. I have money. I need to pay you. I type, I hit it. I type it in and you get it. And anybody can go into, uh, can put it in now. So this hey, is already something that's been um, in. Uh how bad could it be? Look at my man, the barista. He looks totally happy using it. Hang on. Seems like a good idea. And, and right there, he's just filling out his name. He's just having a blast filling his name out in that little pamphlet thing, you know? He is. Look at him. My name is Hector. You know, he's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, he's pumped, dude. He's like, just wait till you start making coffee, my friend. I'm terrified of ordering coffee at this kid's shop. I look at that menu behind him, and I'm just like, I'm going to say the wrong thing, or I'm going to pronounce it wrong, and they're going to make fun of me. I just want a large black coffee. Josh, somewhere on here should say, what is it, or about, or something. Um, Somewhere in there, it should kind of go into, I might have to pull it up on mine and do a screen show. but I got enough Fed in my life. I don't want a little Fed in in my pocket. No, thank you. And and so that's what we've already got, you know, basically starting to be established. And this is something that um, I've, I've talked about this. If you guys watch my shows, do any of you here watch my shows? Because, you know, I've talked about this. And you are. Uh, uh, by the way, folks, at 7 p.m. tonight, I'm going to be Ray on Charles. stage news live. <laughs> I watch Ray Charles sometimes. Sergey, Sergey. Just call me Sergey. Sergey, uh, what's up, man? No, Did so you- this, there it is. Yeah. Let me pop this up and I'm going to probably shuffle you over here. You get over here. You come over here. Do the shuffle. I'm going to shrink you down. Oh, almost lost you there, Josh. You were almost gone that's, forever. That's All right. Fine. You go back to camera. I'm going to turn my screen on. All right. So this is ba- basically it right here. All right. And let me do this. I want to thank one of my uh, uh, cold beer confessional, another uh, great YouTuber who did a fantastic interview uh, busting a grifter uh, and bringing uh, the truth out. I want to thank him for that. Uh, We should get him on Ninja. All right. So let me do this here. Uh, Launching time 2023. So we're coming into play now. So that looks good. So implementing FedNow service is an efficient and safe manner remains at high priority for the Federal Reserve. Um, and they're looking to launch it in 2023 and will be deployed in phases. It's Nasara. No, it's not. Um, so that the initial service can be launched 
exponentially with additional features and enhancements released in stages after the initial launch. Uh, this phased approach will allow for adjustments and improvements in response in the industry. And the basically pays the flow. So you have the sender through here, bam, 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 and it's a uh, payment flow. So it kind of basically just says it's, it's rifling right through. So it's, it's like it, it, the best way to understand it. It's not exactly like, it's like a cash app. It's basically like a cash app. So this Control. makes the Federal Reserve a minute man in every single transaction. Is that what yes. I'm interpreting in this flowchart here? Yes. What's the worst thing that could go wrong? I'm just letting you know that this is being implemented. This is something that they've already that they're they're putting together, um, and that they've already been working on for quite a few years now. So if leave that flowchart up for a second, Sage. Yeah. Let's say we get used to this FedNow service and we start using it. How soon before people realize why do we need that? financial institution in between us and the fed why do we uh, need them because if they are the one that control the currency well the fed controls the currency but what about our bank right that that little house in between no you don't need the bank right and the fed no. why don't we just cut them out and what what you have then is the fed taking over every aspect of the banking system right that, can, that comes down here pushes out the private banks Right, that, that's exactly what happens because that's down here at the at the later stages, uh, account to count, A to A transfer. Not <laughs> the middleman. Right, uh, and that's you know, pay bills, um, and but that's this is kind of the process for Fed now, and this is something that's being set up. They're not doing this not to use it. They're not building a website and putting these you know, um, good you know these uh, coffee makers. What's it, Barista? What are they called again? Help me Barista. out. Baristas, they're not putting these baristas in in on these websites, and they're not going to go through with it, right? That's good. You rolled your tongue. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Barista. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Is that good? I had to do it better than you guys once I knew what the word was. So, but that's basically. So this this is where we're at with that, right? And, and now that and now we're so now we're saying okay, now what is things backed by? Well, it's backed by the Fed. Now the Fed's backing it because the Fed's in the middle. The Fed controls it, and this is your digital currency slash central bank system. The, the slash are pissed about it. I can imagine. Sure. Seventy yeah, percent. Yeah. What are you doing? That like commercial banks will disappear. You know, the only thing I hate them, more than a bank is a central bank. So it's a terrible idea. Hmm. You'll be dealing directly with the Fed. And they're definitely very, uh, you know, they're on your side for sure. Oh, I bet they love Well, me. not the federal government. It's the, no, Fed the Federal Reserve. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm well aware of that. Yeah. So let me go back here and. Yeah, me. you're right. They're, they really are not on our side. Oh, I know I can't because this is. I guess I'm that for the listeners. Some people get it confused. True. This is a good point. People do think it's, you know, the federal government just because it says, you know, the Fed. I wear my in the Fed hat and they think I'm some kind of pinfold hat or it's like, no, man. It's like <laughs> in tyranny, you know? They're like, whoa. Well, it's, you are still the tinfoil hat. Underneath that hat is tinfoil. I've seen it. Yeah, I keep I keep a tinfoil hat on under my hat. Under, under his hat. So right. Under the Fed hat. It's layers, man. It's like Absolutely. onion. So if, we were, <laughs> so if we um Jack made a whole roll of tinfoil for that head. 
<laughs> what are you reading there? What do you have in front of you now? What? No, Chris, you have stuff in front of you? Yeah, how do you know that? Because I can I you see you on camera. I can you see, see you on you. camera. I thought my camera was off. No, it's not off. <laughs> Just this off. is a story I did. This is a story I did about CBDCs, and I changed the name from CBDC to Digital Dollars because when I say CBDC to somebody, they, their eyes roll back in their head, and it's like, okay, you're a whack job. And it's like, no, I'm telling you, your bank account's not going to be at the bank anymore. It's going to be at the Federal Reserve. Right. You're going to deal directly with the Fed. Well, it's the Federal Reserve. It's like, you know, people are not really picking up what I'm trying to put down, but they're starting to slowly. So I try to take out all the big words, and acronyms are a pain in the ass. I don't like them either. I'm going to make them illegal on my channel. You just have to call it something really plain. You know, mm. something everybody can understand. Money. Yeah, well, money is, is gold and silver. <laughs> That's real money. Uh, currency. We could call it currency if you'd like. Well, gold and silver. Let me think. Well, the only problem it's I real money. Okay, I have I have um, a bottle of Jack Daniels. Mm. How much How much silver is the exchange rate for a bottle of Jack Daniels? It depends. No, it doesn't. Supply and demand. Yeah, sure it does. If there's only one bottle on the earth, it's worth a lot of gold. I go to the store right now. I know exactly. How much dollar green dollar bills that Jack Daniels is worth? Right. Okay. Well, you're denominating things in dollars that are going out of value. So, what's it going to be in a year? You know, that's why I said the world is going to go crazy when the dollar dies. Exactly. Because all that certainty that, in life disappears. It's chaos. That's my point. Nobody that's will trust their own eyes and ears. Nobody's going to know what anything. Everything's going to grind to a halt. But what's that, that going to do for the spot price of gold? And silver. Oh, it's uh, going to go through because, the roof. But you know, just well, the act of buying bread and milk is going to become nauseating. Say, just worried about transacting in silver and gold. You're worried about the actual trading your silver and gold for a bottle of Jack Daniels, right? No, what I'm what I'm trying to say is, at some point, if you don't know what something's worth, and okay, societies base things on currency. I know this bottle is worth two dollars. OK, so I go and I give you two dollars and I get it. It's the mental aspect that I know this bottle is worth two dollars. When you don't know how much this is worth, I could come to you and say, I want two silver coins. And you're like, Jesus Christ, two silver coins is worth. I don't know. I'm making stuff up. It's worth 50 bucks. That bottle's not worth it. I don't care. You want it. It's worth two silver coins. Now, somebody else might say, I want one silver coin. People. When we lose the concept That's exactly of exactly right, you're exactly right. It's worth what somebody will pay. Correct, but the issue is, is that if, that that type of situation is then there's no base. You could be out of silver by the time you know what I mean. We have a kind of a base idea what things but cost. You're not going to trade your silver. You're not going to give ten ounces of silver for a bottle of Jack. Hot, well, if you want that, you'll have to, or you won't get any. Well, that's right. Because okay, you're missing a point. We base we have a. <laughs> of how much something costs right now when that goes away it doesn't matter if it's stones or rocks or pebbles hang on call from There's stones hang on hey how's it going robert hey man listen i love you guys every one of you i watch you uh economic economic ninjas uh 
got me turned on to all you guys. Now, listen, oh, we're I know you guys are talking about some really important things. I know you're talking about the petrodollar. You're talking about the American dollar. You're talking about some things. But what we're facing right now, what we're facing right now is to a point, not this year, but I think next year, we're going to, I'm, 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 I'm middle class. I got a good job. Mm-hmm. I work at a pretty good job and I'm, I've, I've stocked up. I've got a little silver. Good Can't guy. buy gold. But I'm not that rich, but I got some silver. Sure. I've stocked up and, and, and we're stocked up. I've got a son. I need to, I need to take care of three grandsons. So mm-hmm. basically I'm going to turn into a grocery store. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and, and what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this sometime next year, sometime next year, maybe, maybe, maybe two years from now, I don't know. I'm going to have to come to a point. It's mm-hmm. going to come to a point that no one's talking about. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to let, I, I'm not going to be able to follow, afford a phone, my cell phone. I'm not going to be able sure. to afford an internet connection. I'm not going to be able to listen to you. You understand? I'm going to have to make a decision between, do I need to do I need to buy food or keep the electric on? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I that's I think that's what we're talking about. I think I think if you want to you want to dumb it all down, you can take the petrol dollar. I know the dollars going to lose value, but it has monetary value right here in this little bitty town Correct. that I have. The petrol dollar can crash straight out the ass and i'm telling you right now that people in this town will still value a hundred dollar bill correct monetary value i don't care how much the world says it is what what people are going to say here is that well then we're going to trade we you've got money we're going to do something we can do something we're still going to we're still going to make business that's why i say two two years from now it's going to come down to a point that monetary is not going to mean anything It is not going to mean anything. And what I want to know is what are we going to do? What are we going to do when I can't afford an internet connection to just connect to YouTube or anything to, to get information from any of you wonderful people out there trying to help everybody. Yeah. Jack, you want to start? Let me yeah, hey Sage, where can I send you a, a link? I want you to bring something up on the screen. Private, uh, you go to private chat on uh, Streamyard. Uh, well, while you're working on that, I can talk about it some. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the reason why the petrodollar is so important is because if the dollar loses its its reserve status globally, those dollars have to be accepted by the United States. They will be accepted here, just like at your store in your town. So when those dollars come home that are all over the earth, the earth is just covered with these this currency. When they come home, that's a 40-pound chicken coming home to roost. Yep. It's a really big deal. That's when hyperinflation goes parabolic. That's the worst case scenario. 100%. You ever, you ever, you ever heard a 50 pound turkey come out of a roost? It hits the ground and makes a certain sound. <laughs> it's like a, like a water. If you've mountain. never heard it before in your life, it scares the hell out of it. Great. Now they're talking, Chris. I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got, I, I can't translate this. I've never seen a 50 pound turkey, but I'd love to. I can just relate to the boy, man. Easy. <laughs> hey, Robert, I want to show you. You see that image we just brought up on the screen there? That's kids. 
in Weimar, Germany, and what they're playing with is bricks of bills, cash, because that cash has so little value. Those parents wouldn't bother taking it somewhere to buy a cup of coffee with it. They might as well give it to the kids to play with. So I just want to challenge that assumption that that $100 bill is always going to have value in your town. I'm sure the parents of these kids said the same thing. I hope they held on to some of that money. You're right. All bridges and shit. No, you're totally right. You're, you're totally right. You're totally, totally right. What I'm worried about is getting to the point to where literally I'm not lying. I'm, I've cut off all streaming services. We, we have Amazon prime. We had Netflix. We, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm, I, I see what's coming. I know what's coming away. We, we, I don't have streaming service. I watch DVDs. That's good enough for me. Um, but I'm getting worried to, we're going to get to the point to where there's going to be a lot of people that are middle class and they're destroying us. And we're not going to have, we're not going to be able to connect to information right now that you guys is so dire to get out to, to, to just wake the sheeple up. I, I feel like I'm caught up in the herd and my, my ancestors are, are driving us to the cliff and I can't get out of it. Right. Robert is uh, like a flow of information kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like he's got a question. He comes out hot. He comes out going. And then like when things come, hey, I'm going to let you know what I'm thinking. Like I love Robert. Robert's awesome, dude. Well played, man. You're doing what you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're taking care of your family. You're looking out for everybody you can. And hopefully by the time all this goes down, Elon Musk will have Skylink up and we'll all have internet everywhere we go. And that might be censored. That's a good point. A fantastic point. I mean, somebody really needs to start thinking about that. You know, Robert, you mentioned uh, the 50 pound turkey, you know, when you started speaking, Chris. For a minute there, um, Chris spoke earlier in the show about a twenty percent raise that he got this year. Congratulations, Chris! You got a bigger raise than every white collar employee I know in the world. All right, because there is a shuffling of value going on right now, where people who work with their hands, people who produce a physical, tangible value, versus guys who write code or guys like me who move numbers around on spreadsheets all day, are becoming mm-hmm. less value. So. You're doing the right thing, Robert, when you mentioned you got some food stocked up and, you know, you sound like you're a guy who can probably be reasonably independent when it comes to taking care of himself and taking care of his family. That's where you focus your energy if you really want to be ready for what's coming, because globalism is breaking down. The global supply chain is breaking down. The global food supply is breaking down. So things are going to start taking on a more local centric approach where It'll be, okay, now all the food and all the parts has to be produced within your own country. And when that starts to break down within your own state, all the way down to the local level. So the guy who has that skill set that allows him to produce something locally, you'll always have a value. And no matter what happens to the currency, you'll be able to adapt and raise your prices along with it. And it's the guys who write code for a living and sit in, in offices or, you know, me, where I work here out of the corner of my house. We'll be the ones who are screwed unless we take other steps. So you're doing the right things already. Right. And I can still broadcast because I've got a radio. Um, so I can still go upstairs and broadcast through the antenna on the top of my house on the radio. <laughs> I'm not coming off. Here. Chris, are you chewing in the mic? Are you right now. Are you eating something? Oh, yeah. 
I just I could tell, like, hey, listen, I know we're all concerned about the food shortage coming, man, but why don't you just, you know, take it easy a little bit, maybe step back from the mic, maybe. We can hear. I'm wearing a headset. I'm sorry. I'm I'll just turn it on mute. I just walked in the door. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you calling me out, though. We're drinking beer, listening to you guys. So sorry if I got a little too loud, but. No, and it's, I'm it's just, a good I'm point. I'm just saying, you guys are putting out information that really everybody really needs to be sharing right now. Um, I've, I've, I've watched since, since, since Ninja brought you on, man, I have, I've, I've started following. I started getting good information. You guys are talking about things that no one is talking about. No one deaf deaf. I was warning people at work about deaf shortages and they were laughing at my face. Oh, my lost you. Uh-oh. Hey, can we talk about deaf for a minute? Yeah. What? Dying? No, deaf is yeah. I, I lost. We lost them. So, is there a possibility that diesel fuel prices can go up so high it'll cure the deaf problem? Can diesel fuel prices go? Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Uh, but the issue, like demand destruction. Um. Yes and no. Like things, goods have to go. Right? They have to move. We can't stop goods. Um, so it depends on the shortage. Can it help? It depends on how much of a deaf shortage that we actually have uh, to know if they can do that. Because although trucks can fall off and and less trucks can be running down the road and less things can be moving, if it, it if we have that drastic of a deaf shortage because deaf is made from urea which is obviously a fertilizer. Um, so it's kind of a choice. Do we do fertilizing or do we do, you know, moving of the goods? That's the choice we have to make. But it all depends on how much of a shortage we actually have because goods have to travel. They have to move. Uh, we all have to get food. Uh, we all have to get medicine. Airplanes have to fly to transport goods because remember that they also use, you know, diesel fuel and everything So also. So trains have to go. Boats have to go. So just shortage of trucks, I doubt it uh, because you have so much other things needing, um, you know, diesel fuel. So it's hard to say. It all depends on the shortage, how much there actually is of a shortage. You know, the good news for the deaf shortage um, is that fertilizer prices, they stopped going up and they've actually some of them have started coming down. And Sage, I just sent another link in the in the uh, right. private chat there. Um there's actually been quite a drop in urea prices just over the last couple of days. It hasn't really made any news because the prices went par parabolic up. So when, when they come down rapidly, partially, it doesn't always make a lot of new, a lot of noise. Um, but you see that little chart there, that, that line in the upper left-hand corner, that is the urea price this year. And you can see the last couple of days, it's actually come down quite a bit. So there's, there's a silver lining in the fertilizer story. I haven't covered it on my channel yet because I want to see if it lasts if, or if it's just a fluke. Uh, I but that bottom line, that's urea prices in 2020. The middle line is urea prices throughout 2021. And then the top line, that's urea prices this year. So they've stopped going up, or at least in the short term they did. Maybe the death shortage gets somewhat alleviated by that. The only issue with that is countries have stopped shipping it, right? So if, if you're not shipping it, it means you're not selling it which means technically it's just not moving. So uh, I don't know that that could be one that I'd have to see. So I'd the have demand's to, still there. Yeah. I'd have to see if, if 
if countries are shipping it or if the price has basically gone down, not because, you know, there's more of it, it's because just nobody can buy it. Uh, like, I think a hundred, they just canceled a hundred thousand dollars of soybeans. Somebody canceled a hundred, not a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred something of soybean. A bunch of soybeans were canceled today from being uh, exported out of the country. Um, so I don't know if things are being stopped and not shipped out because countries are now starting to hold their food and stuff like that. So, but I do, uh, Jack has been uh, live streaming all day today. Um, so I did want to kind of end this somewhere around nine o'clock. Um, and then Chris also got home and then you're doing a show tonight, Josh. No, no, no show. Um, stuck. Uh, we'll probably, and, and unfortunately we're on Facebook. It's kind of a little more hard to plug, but if you go to uh, youtube.com slash stuck in the middle, look in the description of one of the videos, you'll see our Facebook link. We're going to do uh, live shows on there for the time being Facebook and uh, Twitch. So uh, we're going to do that probably tomorrow night. And then, uh, yeah, we got some other shit going on Friday night. What's your show on? What's, what, what's that? What are you? What are you gonna be talking about? What's the show? Oh, uh, uh, dude, it's more of like a, a an irreverent take on news, pop culture, you know, uh, politics. You know, just kind of go. Over take on news. News. I like it already. Hey, well, man, it's, watch we it have, yet. Fun times. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Sort of a Jerry Springer news uh, expression old show, basically. <laughs> let's let's go with that. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna wrap, kind of wrap this one up. So um, let's see, Chris, how do you want to end it? At, well, at least with your portion. Uh, thank you, Jack. Thank you, Chris. Just want to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I appreciate all you guys. This has been a, it's been fun getting to know you through all this. Um, as we approach the Thunderdome, I can't imagine being around better people. (laughs) It's serious. I'm dead serious. This is, uh, the best community, you know, I could ever be a part of. And it's an honor to be with you guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for coming on, even though we just have a picture of you because you're way too, you know, big of a YouTuber now. Uh, almost passing me. <laughs> you're just cracking fifteen nine. Um, yeah, you're going down next week. Sorry, just yeah. sorry. Well, I can't buy subs like you can, right? <laughs> oh man, that was I'm low. coming for both of you. I got so five thousand Bangladesh. I gotta find a different community. Pocket. I'm I'm searching for. I'm putting a uh, an ad on Facebook. Anybody got a better community? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically, what you do is you just keep changing. You just keep changing the name to find the community that you can collect some subs in. Hey, prepper this week, <laughs> fitness next week. You know, hey, next, yeah. People that are into finance don't give a damn about fitness. That's the facts. Right. So I was I was fighting an uphill battle there. I got, I got a new name. It's I think we go with financial kittens. I think Maybe if we roll because guys with money don't need to get in shape. Is that, exactly. is that why? <laughs> I think that's exactly. No, I think we roll with financial kittens videos. Financially prepping for fitness. Fitness is expensive. You do have to financially yeah. prepare for it. Put kittens in your title and we'll start getting some real subscribers. Uh, there you go. See? Uh, Jack, what you got for us on the end? I'm changing my channel to Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, Will Smith, <laughs> Chris Rock, Finance. I'm changing I'm my channel on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, guys. I say on my channel a lot. I get doom and gloomy, right? There are tough times ahead one way or another, which direction it goes. There's tough times ahead, but they're not quite here yet. So, you know, while you're prepping, make sure you don't waste these good days. Because yeah, doom and gloomy. aren't here yet, so live a little. Mr. 10 years for a recession. Yeah, that's it. Mods, can you guys drop um, 
mods can you drop will's uh, channel if he's on twitch can you drop his youtube and his twitch channel in the thing uh will is normally my co-host there uh is on twitch and youtube and i want to make sure you guys if he's streaming right now make sure you roll over to him uh or subscribe to his channel also um like i said he's a friend of mine but i'm not a friend of his not sure how that works but he'll explain you friend of me um no just kidding um but besides that yeah, same thing. I want to thank everybody for calling in. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for showing up on time and you know early so we could get everything straightened up. Uh, make sure we had everything rocking and rolling right at seven o'clock so we didn't waste anybody's time. It was great, no, uh, but no, I do appreciate you guys showing up. Um, and next time we get this down, everybody now knows how to work the um, the way to get into the system. So that's awesome, Josh. Well, for swinging in and you know also and uh, you're a big part of the show and bringing up all that stuff. So I wouldn't Please. actually you ever so well, i don't pay it, you it ended uh 54 no uh 45 yes no. so i still have some work to do i still have some work to do I voted no. that's all right that we that's just fine. do that for some interaction buddy I so, besides, uh, i'm gonna kick everybody out of here which is gonna be easy for some and, and harder for others uh but i'm gonna start kicking people out of here let me kick you'll start with you because you're the easiest um and we're gonna end the show here so i'm gonna say say goodbye uh jack see you later guys Say goodbye, Josh. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Let's end this and uh, let's just let's cut to the music. And goodbye, Sage. With a piece in my hand and bloodshot eyes, I walk to the water for a last goodbye. He begs so much, it clouded my mind. One thing's clear, the man's gotta die. It makes right, so he said, when he held all the keys over our head. I lived in that grip, but now he'll learn at the end with the table's turned. Lord, forgive me, take me oh, down the river where the kids can't find a red-handed sinner, oh, where the grave can't dry out, down the river with a hand on a coat and a finger on the trigger, and oh, the on they try to find me. Take me on down. Oh, 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 oh,